Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Series tonight, this is part six, and it's the end. And we'll, we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll finish up. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful tonight for your goodness. We are so grateful. I'm grateful, Father, that people would take the time and the effort to come. They would take the time to sit down and watch online. But Father, thank you. They've honored you. And I ask you, Lord, that you would honor them. Give them insight, wisdom. Father, that you would give me words that, that bring life and understanding. Father, I thank you for your anointing, which breaks yokes and causes the light to come. And we thank you for that. We expect good things in Jesus' name. You agree with that? You can say amen. amen. Our text has been for this series, 1 Thessalonians. This is where Paul sent Timothy. He said, we sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you, to strengthen you or to help you and, and encourage you, build you up concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. So Paul is saying that your faith has something to do with how you handle problems and how you handle, and he, he called it afflictions. Last week, and I'm just going to recap quickly, last week we talked about two vital things about faith. It, uh, the first one was have a scriptural basis for your beliefs. You need to have scripture. What are you believing and, and why? What is the scripture basis of it? And then we talked about that you need to have the right image of your Lord and your Heavenly Father. This is why I've encouraged people uh, during this month just to continue to say the Lord's Prayer. Not the Lord's Prayer. The, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe we'll do the Lord's Prayer in January. But the Lord is my shepherd. Because it's not just a beautiful poem. It is a revelation of who God is. It's a revelation of his goodness. It's a revelation of a good shepherd. And again, we talked about David who had a great image of God. He had a great image that God was really, really good. If you look at David's life, David believed that God was much better to him than people would be. At one point in time, he got judged. I'm not sure of the actual scripture. David did the wrong thing and judgment came. And the prophet came to him and gave him like three choices. And you can fall into the hands of your enemies you can, you can fall into the hands of God for three days in judgment. So judgment's coming. In other words, this is not going to be good. And David said this. He said, I'd much rather fall into the hand of God than fall into the hand of my enemies. He really believed that God was good. Even when he had the big, um, the, the big goof up. I wasn't even a goof up. It was a horrible thing he did with Bathsheba. Remember? Had an affair with her. Killed her husband. And the baby was, was sick. And he prayed for a whole week. That God would change his mind. He said, I thought maybe the Lord would be merciful to him. For a whole week he prayed. He didn't get up. He didn't eat anything. But he really believed God was good. Does that make a difference? Yeah, it does. You believe that God's really, really good and good to you makes all the difference in the world. Too many people have been taught that God's just waiting to get them. Just waiting for them to make a mistake. He's watching and he's going to get you. Listen, if, if God wanted to get you, You'd have been God a long, long time ago. Some of us would not even be here tonight if God was looking to get folks. And so, no worse. The Bible said it didn't say the Lord is good and He's looking to get you. He said the Lord is good and His mercy endures 
forever. So that was last week. Here's this week. I want to talk about, last week we talked about two vital things. This week I want to talk about two questions to ask. So as we wrap up this year, I want to talk about two questions to ask. Here's the first one. What do I believe? Now you say, that's, that's awfully vague. No, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about your relationship with him? What do you believe about your future? What do you believe? You say, well, it really doesn't make any difference. Actually, it does. It makes a huge difference. I'm going to read a story from the New Testament where Jesus was um, traveling and a couple of blind men came to him. It's out of Matthew 9th chapter. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. So let's just, this is just a Matthew's brief account of the story. Jesus asked a question. Do you believe I can do this? Now, Jesus was not one to waste words. He didn't just, Jesus never looked at anyone and said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or I'm, you know, just saying. Or just chatting. He didn't waste words. He asked a very important question. Do you believe I'm able to do this? So why, why does that matter? If you look, if you go back and, and just take the time over the holidays to read Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9. In these two chapters, you see five different times that Jesus mentioned an individual or a group of people's faith. Five times. Well, one of those times he's mentioning his disciples' lack of faith. Why are you so fearful? They all thought they were going to die in the boat. Five times. When you, when you see a theme repeated in the scriptures, we need to pay attention to that because it's, it's there for a purpose. Everything that's written in there is written for a purpose. And so Jesus is, is talking and he's talking. He talked to the, the woman who had a, a flow of blood. And he said, daughter, you're, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. He talked to the, the men who brought the paralytic man. They climbed up on the roof, tore a hole in the roof, dropped the, the guy down. The Bible said Jesus saw their faith. He talked to his disciples and they said, Lord, we're going to die. And he said, he said, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? He mentions the faith. The centurion, the, the Roman soldier that came to him had, a, had a, a servant who was sick. And Jesus talked about this guy. He said, I had not found such great faith in all of Israel. And then he said, <laughs> he looked at that guy and said, as you believe, so be it done to you. And so, and then you have this, this, this right here where Jesus talks to these two blind men. Now, he asked them the question, do you believe I'm able to do this? They answered it correctly. They said, uh, yes, Lord. They didn't stutter, didn't stamp, didn't, didn't go well. You know, I, my cousin was blind. And he didn't get healed. They just, he just said, do you believe I'm able to do this? These guys said, yep. He touched their eyes and they're healed. He said, be it unto you according to your faith, according to what they believed. What we believe makes a difference. It's not, Jesus didn't go, well, I don't know, we'll see. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What you believe makes a difference. And so a great question is, what do I believe? 
What do I believe going forward? What do you believe about this upcoming year? What do you believe about where you are right now? What do you believe about your health? What do you believe about your finances? What do you believe? You say, well, I don't know. Well, you want to find out. And I want to give you tonight, I'm going to get to tonight just five things. Say, I have no idea. I don't, where do I even start? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you five things. Five things that you can, you can begin to say, I can believe this. Does that, does that sound good? Is that a deal? Five things. Four of you are agreeing with that. The rest of you, I just want you to bear with us as I talk to these four, and we're going to have fun with this. All right? Here we go. Five things to believe. First one, God is for me. Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, if you're saying, what do I believe? If, if the Lord talked to you tonight or saw you and all of a sudden you woke up and there's that angel and the angel said, do you believe that God is for you? The best way for you to answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. But we need to answer that question regardless of who's asking it. Because the scripture says, if God's for us, who can be against us? So it, that means he is for us. And here's where you have to stop. You go, well, Alan, you know, if I, no, 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 no long stories. This is what we believe. I'm not talking about your experience. I'm talking about what you believe. Because when we believe differently, we begin to experience things differently. So don't, don't fall back on experience. I don't care if you've had, so nothing's ever gone good in my life. I don't believe God's for me. No, no, no. I want you to throw that out. And I want you to take God right at his word. And the scripture said, if God is for you, he is for you. And the best thing for you to do is go, yes, Lord, you're for me. Because if you didn't spare Jesus, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? He didn't even spare Jesus. How many of you know Jesus was his best? And if he gave us his best, will he help us out? Yes. Number one, God is for me. Number two, God will help me. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Will the Lord help you? Yeah, good, you're catching on. Yes. Is he your helper? Yes. How do you know? There you go. Because it's written. Not because I feel it. People say, you know, Alan, sometimes I just don't feel God. Join the club. Now, if that comes as a revelation to you that I don't feel God all the time, I hate to burst your bubble, but, but I don't. Sometimes I stand up to preach to you, I don't feel anything. Now, sometimes I feel bad. Bless y'all's heart. Y'all think that, y'all think because I'm a pastor, I have a, that I have an advantage that you don't have. And you're wrong. I don't have an advantage that you I have a different job function. I have a different calling. But I have to believe God just like you do. I don't wake up with an angel choir standing outside of my bedroom. 
Alan's <laughs> Joy does not come in in the morning going, there you are, man of God, here is your coffee. My dog does not bow down when he sees me come in. I don't have any advantage over you when it comes to simply taking God at his word and believing him. Now, I hope that doesn't spoil your fun, but it shouldn't. It should make you glad because the Bible said God's no respecter of persons. And that means that pastors don't have an advantage, different job functions. But, but many of you, hey, listen, have we seen guys who can preach and then who walked away from it and didn't live it? Have we seen pastors fall? So they're human and they don't have an advantage. Sorry, no advantage over you. That's actually the good news. Is God for me? Yes. Because I'm a pastor? No. Because the Bible said, if God is for me, who can be against me? See, when I come to the Lord, I don't go, Lord, it's Pastor Allen. <laughs> and he'll go, so? Who do you think called you? Pastor Allen. And who anointed you? Pastor Allen. And where would you be without me, Pastor Allen? Lost. No advantage. God's just as much for you as he is for me. Just as much for you as he is for joy. <laughs> I, felt the, I felt the cold fingers of unbelief just creep into here. You know? No, it's true. It's true. God is for us. So, God is for us. God will help me. I can boldly say God will help me because he has said, I can boldly say, here's the third one. When I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God's able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. God does not mock. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. When I sow seeds of love, I reap a harvest. When I sow seeds of faith, I reap a harvest. When I sow seeds of finances, I reap a harvest. When I sow seeds of service, I reap a harvest. Sowing and reaping was not a man-made scam. It was ordained of God. It is a law. <coughs> and when I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. What do you believe? I believe that when I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. Some of you have given for years. You need to begin to say, thank you, Lord. I am reaping a harvest. There's a harvest coming my way. Why? Because I'm so awesome? No, because you said it. We here? Yes. Number four. Sin and sickness do not rule me. You're saying, what, what do I believe? I'm going to give you five things. Listen, you could take all five of these and camp on them for a whole year. Sin and sickness don't rule me. Well, how can you say that, Alan? Look, look here. First Peter. Who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. 
Man, that's good news right there. How many of you believe he took our sins when he died on the tree? Okay, keep, okay, here's the next question. How many of you believe you're dead to sin? I did not see as many hands go up. But that's what it said, didn't it? See, a lot of times we'll go, well, I believe Jesus took my sins. It's, the Bible says, so we being dead to sin can live to righteousness. He said, well, if I'm dead to sin, why do I feel like I'm not dead to sin? Why does my body still want to sin like it always did? And in fact, it's even worse. It's because you're living by feelings. And we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. And if he says we're dead to sin, then we can say, Lord, I believe I am dead to sin. And sin does not have to rule me, nor does sickness have to rule me. Because by your stripes, I am healed. You see, you see where we're going to? What do we believe and why? So we're, having, we're basing our belief on scriptures. Now you can find other scriptures that will back this up and, and, and that's wonderful. But I'm giving you five things that you can just begin to say, I believe this. I believe, I believe, I believe God's for me. I believe God is helping me. I believe that sin and sickness don't have to dominate me. I believe when I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. These are good things that we can believe. You say, well, I don't know, I don't know if I believe that. Just No, no. Just go ahead and say, yes, I do. I do. I do. Don't start wondering how you feel. Do not wait for a feeling of faith. Don't wait for a feeling of faith. That's tripped up more people. People have gotten gloriously born again, saved. And then, man, they've gone along for a little bit and all of a sudden they just start to feel like they used to and starting to have some of the same problems that they used to and the enemy comes and says, you didn't get anything, you're not born again. And they go, well, I guess, guess I'm not. And they give up. And we don't have to live that way. Here's my number five. So we've got, God is for me, God will help me. When I sow seeds, I reap a harvest. Sin and sickness do not rule me. Number five, fear will not dominate me. Amen. Say, do you believe fear is going to dominate you in 2022? No, I don't. So why, why don't you believe that? You just think you're John Wayne? Nope. I think that 2 Timothy 1.7, for God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He did not. God did not say, well, okay, now that they're my children, I just hope they live. I hope y'all just are able to make it. Don't y'all be afraid now, you hear? <laughs> no, he gave us his Holy Spirit. And, he's a, and the Holy Spirit's not afraid of anything or anybody. John wrote and said, greater is he that's in you, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, than he that's in the world. And he's a spirit of power. He's not weak. He's a spirit of love. He's not selfish. And he's a spirit of sound mind. He's not flaky. Sound, disciplined mind. So what can we say? Fear's not going to dominate me. I believe that. Five things you can believe. Now you're saying, okay, you're saying, okay, Alan, but I, I'm not so sure I believe all these things. Okay, before you just throw it out, here's the second question. What am I doing about what I believe? Faith always has an action to it. And James says this. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works. That word works there, it means corresponding action is dead. Faith always has an action to it. Now here's, here's what I, I want to tell you. Now. I want you to get these. I want you to get those five things, but I also want you to get this. Speaking is a primary action of faith. 
we've, we've devalued our words to the point where people think words don't matter. But spiritually speaking, they do matter. And God puts a great emphasis on our words. Now, I'll give, let me give you some scripture for that. In Colossians, the third chapter, it says this, and whatever you do in word or deed. So whatever you do in word or deed. Usually we would say whatever you do in deed. So whatever you do in word. It's likening your words are actions. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. So speaking what we believe is giving action to our faith. I'm going to say that again. Speaking what we believe is, is an action thing. So we think, how do I, how can I, I I'm, God's helping me. How can I give action to that? You can begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you that you're helping me, that you are my helper. And I can boldly say you are my helper. That's giving action to it. Say, well, is that true? Listen, that's how we receive salvation. Right? I'll read the verse and then I'll give you a hypothetical situation. In Romans, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You ever notice that when we pray here after almost every service, we always pray out loud? Do you know why we pray out loud? Because we're obeying that verse. If someone came down, it came down, you were standing there waiting to talk to me, and someone came down uh, tonight, and they said, Alan, man, I, I, know I, need, I know I need the Lord in my life. I know I need to be saved. And I looked at them and go, great, you believe that Jesus is the, is the Lord? Uh, good, I'm glad you believe that. And I turned around and walked off. Would you think something's wrong? If you're smart, you, you, you catch that person. You say, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him tonight. I said, but let's pray. Because it's not just enough that he says, I want to get saved. And I go, well, I'm glad that you believe. He needs to take that step. He needs to take that step of what? Lord, I, I, I believe Jesus is my Lord. I'm confessing that with my mouth. Isn't that how you got saved? Isn't that how everyone you know got saved? That's how we get saved. With the heart we believe, with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Our heart and our mouth are, are tied in together. And one of the best things you can begin to do is begin to speak. Now, here's, here's another thing. I, I don't know about you, but after I got saved, for a first time, people would say, are you saved? I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hope so. <laughs> you remember telling me, hope so. <laughs> But then after you kind of hung out for a while in church and after you prayed that prayer a few times, how many know your hope so went to, yeah. Now someone asked you today, said, someone came up and asked me today, hey, uh, Pastor Allen, you saved? You wouldn't expect me to go, <laughs> hope so. <laughs> you say, what have you been smoking? You know you're saved. <laughs> and some of you, you don't hesitate now. Are you saved? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Are you saying yes? In fact, we used to, one of the best things to, to work with new believers, if you're a new believer, one of the best things you can begin to do is to begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you that I'm saved. 
I want to thank you that I'm saved. What are you doing? It registers on your heart. It's an action of faith. That's why we pray out loud. We don't just believe, but we confess him as our Lord and Savior. It's an action. So let's go back to the five. What's one of the best ways you can begin to not just, not just believe this, but begin to grow in this and have this more real to you as you begin to take those verses and you begin to speak those verses. And you begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you that you are for me. Maybe my whole family's not for me, but Lord, I want to thank you that you're for me because if you didn't spare Jesus, you will, you, will, you will freely give me all things. Lord, thank you that you're for me. Lord, I want to thank you that you said that you would never leave me or forsake me so I can boldly say, I can boldly what? Say. I can boldly say, Lord, you are my helper. I will not fear. We've got our staff saying that. That's our big phrase around here. The Lord's helping us. Things start to go haywire, and we'll all look at one another and go, Lord's helping us. That's a whole lot better than saying, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> True? Just, just try. I mean, how many of you know when it's somebody it just will step into the situation that maybe things are going rough, and somebody will step in and go, I the Lord will help us. He'll show us what to do. Man, that's a whole lot better than going, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what. Listen, your words are powerful. So since they're so stinking powerful, why don't we say what God said? Because those are really powerful. Because those are his words. We're not manipulating him. People say, well, I'm not going to manipulate God. What makes you ever think you can manipulate God? Seriously, you can't manipulate him. All we're doing is taking his words and saying what he said about us. If you look at your child, your child comes in and goes, I'm stupid. I can't pass the fourth grade because I'm stupid. And you look at them and go, yeah, you're just like your mom. You're stupid and it's just not going to work. <laughs> That's not what you tell your child. You look at your child and you go, oh, no, 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 no. You are not stupid and you can learn and you can grow and God's got a great plan for you. You don't tell, you don't, and don't let a teacher send a note home going, your child is stupid. You're like, oh no, you didn't. We're going to be talking to you. You won't let a teacher talk that way. You wouldn't talk that way. Then why in the world do we talk so badly about ourselves? We need to stop it. What do we believe? Do you believe the Lord will help you? Yes. yes. Do you believe the Lord is for you? Yes. Do you believe if you sow seeds, you're going to reap a harvest? Do you believe that sin and sickness will not dominate you in 2022? Yes. Do you believe that fear will not dominate you? Yes. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you're speaking, you're not just throwing words into the air. You are acting on what you believe. And if you'll act on what you believe, it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And next year when we see you and I go, is the Lord helping you? You go, absolutely, he's my helper. Is the Lord for you? Oh, he is for me. Let me tell you what he did for me, that he is for me. And I'm going to tell you some sin. <laughs> I kicked it to the curb this year because I'm dead to sin and alive to righteousness and by his stripes I'm healed. It's, it's going to be a great year because I believe what God <laughs> says to me. When it's personal, it's powerful. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you have given us your word and spoken things about us that are so good. Promises that we have from you 
statements of fact that you've done for us in Christ. And Lord, I want to thank you. For everyone listening to me, everyone that's watching online, Lord, I want to thank you that, that because they're your children, you're for them. And this year, you're going to help them. This upcoming year, you're going to help them. You're their helper. Father, I want to thank you that as they sow bountifully, they'll reap bountifully and you'll cause all grace to abound towards them. So they'll have all sufficiency in all things. They'll have an abundance for every good work. Father, thank you that Jesus bore their sins in his own body on the tree and they're dead to sin and alive to righteousness and by his stripes they're healed. Thank you, Lord, that you've not given us a spirit of fear and you've not given them a spirit of fear. But you've given us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness towards us. And I want to thank you that as we look into this upcoming year, when we find your word, we find a promise in your word, our answer is yes, Lord. I believe you can do it. I believe you can help us. I believe you can increase us. I believe you can strengthen us. I believe as a church we'll reach more lost in 2022 than we ever have. I believe we can. Because we believe you. And you're good. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you're like I was. I had a relationship with the Lord and I walked away from it. I knew it. He knew it. I wanted to come back. If that's you tonight, we're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to have you come to the front. We're going to pray. Sitting right in your seat or watching right online. You can enter into a relationship with the Lord that will last for eternity. It will make the biggest difference in your life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. That's you in here that I'm talking to. You say, Alan, that is me. I qualify. Would you please pray for me? Would you slip your hand up real quick across this auditorium? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Online, if you're by yourself, you can pray this prayer with us. If you're with others, pray it quietly. If you're in here, pray this prayer out loud. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. But remember, it's we believe with our heart. We confess with our mouth. That's what we're doing. And you can do this. So we're going to pray this together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior. It's the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Father, for those that prayed that prayer online, for those that prayed that prayer here, Father, for those who have made that decision recently, we're grateful that they've stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light. And for many, they've come home again. Father, we're grateful for that. So thankful. Thankful that Jesus paid the price and all we have to do is believe it and act on it. What a wonderful thing. Thank you for your blessing and strength upon them. We rejoice with them. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.